The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Let me once again introduce you to my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Steve Adams. Hey, how's it going? Hope hope your uh, Mother's Day went well. Did you did you take your mom out or did you cook for her at home, Alex? Oh, I cooked for her. Uh, she, I, I I wanted to take her out, but you know, uh, the the heat was already starting to build up. Although it was actually cold today, it was fifty five degrees in May in Texas today. That's rare. That that's rare. It's it's absolutely unheard of. But yeah, I I t- took care of my mom. You know, cooked for her. I mean, I I literally told her she. I mean, I, she got up early. I was like, Mom, if you're going to work, you better go back to bed now. Like, I'm not even kidding. That's the kind of son I am. Like, you know, whenever it's like that, you know, enough is enough. You know, go to sleep. No. No no work today. But, yeah, I took care of my mom. And, you know, it's been a very good week, especially for me. I know I finally I finally stopped being stubborn about, about, you know, getting health coverage. I finally got it. So, I mean, it's tough having it. You got to pay. And, you know, you always worry. But. It's good that it's good that at least you know if something happens to me, I at least I can get I can get medical attention. Yeah, it's you know you, you can't put a price tag on peace of mind. Exactly. I mean, you just never know. And you know, and, and what really annoys me is that I was stressed about fighting for my own. But, you know, I sh- I should think about imagine for those who are fighting for themselves and you know for kids as well. I mean, that's even tougher. Oh no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But it's you know it's been a bit. Last week was a bit sad for me in soccer because. <laughs> Two of my clubs apparently got eliminated in humiliating fashion, but I'm going to be perfect, perfectly honest with you. I saw it coming. Well, uh, Real Madrid, they just thoroughly, absolutely looked, uh, they looked old in their semifinal. Uh, they just had rings run around them and, uh, you know, PSG, uh, they just were having all kinds of problems as well with 
with their second leg. I mean, it was it was no fluke. Uh, the best teams won in the respective semifinals, Man City and Chelsea. And then uh, over the weekend, Chelsea makes sort of a, a statement by getting a win at the Etihad against Man City to postpone the champagne at least for another week because with a win, City would have uh, they would have won the EPL. But uh, the, Thomas Tuchel's Blues they sent a message. So the the championship game that'll be coming up in just under three weeks it'll be very very interesting. And also, too, by the way, the game uh, was was excellent this weekend too between Chelsea and Man City. It, it was, and you know, and Chelsea, put, you know, showing that resiliency, and you know, going to the games. You know, what was irritating is that you know, for for PSG and Bappe didn't even play. And at this point, I'm like, I'm like, I'm more convinced than ever. Mbappe needs to get out of the French capital. The question is where, you know, right now Real Madrid. My, is, of course, Real Madrid is always the destination because Real Madrid has the cash. But if, uh, but before, if, if there's anything about Mbappe going to Real Madrid, Real Madrid needs to do something with Eden Hazard because they can't have Hazard and Mbappe at the same time. You can't have too many chefs in the kitchen. And Mbappe is, is always ready to play. So they're going to have to do something about that. And, and you're right. I mean, Real Madrid looked old. I mean... What's painful for me was that you know my hero Zidane. I mean he he's at fault as well because you know he he just could not manage the team correctly in the semifinals. So that's what hurts me the most. You know with, with Benzema, you know getting all these shots and not coming through. I'm just like, wow. I mean, you you got to give Chelsea credit. I mean, you know, and I said this in the last episode when I first gave my initial thoughts. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry, man, you peeps, but I got to root for Chelsea. I mean, it, it's. I'm rooting for my boys, and Angolo Conte, Olivier Giroud, and, and Christian Pulisic. I mean, th- those. I want them to have the title. That's what's important to me. Well, I, sort of of a similar mind. Um, I would. It would be really great if Christian Pulisic, uh, if he could join uh, Jovan Karofsky as the other American who's lifted uh, the the Champions League or the, the Champions Cup, as it used to be called. Uh, it would be pretty cool if Pulisic could, could lift that in three weeks. Now, the big decision now, UEFA is pretty much said that the final is either going to be at Wembley or it's going to be in Lisbon. Yeah, we, we, so, should, we should definitely discuss that. All, all of a sudden, you know, because it's supposed to be in Istanbul, and it was supposed to be in Istanbul last year, but that got taken away. So I'm like... So what's going on? With, is this something to do with COVID? I mean, they mentioned something about something red, like a red travel list or something like that. Yeah, the red travel list related to COVID numbers and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I, I think realistically, you've got two English clubs. You are still in the middle of a pandemic. It makes a whole lot more sense to, to play the match in the UK. Now, I don't agree with doing it at Wembley because uh, Chelsea being a London club, I I think that Wembley's technically not neutral ground. I would have rather have seen them do the final either at Villa Park in Birmingham, which seats, you know, a pretty fair number of people. That's a good 50,000 seater stadium. Uh, the nicer stadium is uh, Millennium Stadium in, uh, in Cardiff. That's 
that stadium is an absolute gem. Um, for a few years while they were doing the repair work on Wembley, uh, they were playing FA Cup finals and League Cup finals in Cardiff. It's a fantastic stadium, great ambiance. It would have been a truly neutral venue on British soil. So um, I, I think Cardiff would have been a really, really good place. Now, I'm not sure as far as how the local public health people in Wales, how they would have felt about it. Uh, I hadn't heard or read anything about that. But, uh, you know, I think either place is really, you know, it's, it's going to be a decent place for a final anyway. Wembley, of course, uh, the new Wembley. And then uh, if they were to play in Lisbon, my gut feeling would be it would be at the Stadio da Rus, uh, where um, Benfica plays their home games, uh, and it was also where they played the the Champions League final uh, just this past summer. So uh, I think they're both really good stadiums. Portugal has a really good handle on uh, the COVID crisis right now. So I think either one I think would be good. My my feeling is I think for simplicity, travel costs, you know, a whole whole lot of factors. I think that uh, the suits at UEFA will will probably just go with Wembley for the final. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big bright side for it to be playing in England. Like you know, save a lot of money. You know, no need you know to travel and you know and go like that. But you know, but I'm definitely excited for the final. And you know, it's just amazing how. Chelsea, not long ago, they were not going anywhere. You know, the leadership of Frank Lampard was just not working out. They've dismissed Frank Lampard. They bring us Thomas Tuchel, who honestly, PSG made a... Now it's proven... It's, it, there's there's more proof than ever. PSG made a serious mistake, you know, firing Thomas Tuchel. And I really don't believe that there was any fire between Tuchel and the players. Because if there was, the news would have been bigger. So, but, you know... And you, you, there's there's no way to just you know you can't just not give credit to Tuchel. I mean he comes in, wastes no time. I mean his leadership is phenomenal. I mean Chelsea have the world class goalkeeper, and the story of Edouard Mendy is you know absolutely phenomenal. You know he went from being unemployed, applied for a job I believe at at, a, at McDonald's in London after he was cut from like a club. You know the story is unbelievable. So th- this final is definitely the story. You know a, a story that that's for me, and, and that's what I want. But but I, you know, obviously now when I switch the fan side, you know, my boys, N'Golo Kante, Giroud, and, and Prolisic, I mean, these guys are important. And, and N'Golo Kante, I mean, this dude is just, I mean, this dude's better than he was the years before. I mean, this dude is just all of a sudden this year, he's just been on uh, climbing level after level. I mean, the way he played against Real Madrid, I saw a little bit of what I saw from Zidane back in the day. I mean, N'Golo Kante has got a little bit of Zidane in him. I mean that, that that's hard that's hard to figure out because Zidane was just one of those dudes who you've never seen before you would never seen again. But I mean, Angelo Conte, you know, mentally, you know, those skills, those ball dribbling skills, the passing. I mean, there was a little bit of Zidane in him. He he was just magnificent against uh, Real Madrid, and um, of course, with the Euros coming up, uh, Didier Deschamps is absolutely got to be pleased no end uh, that one of his star midfielders is uh, playing so very well at the club level. So uh, France will be really 
looking forward to having Conte uh, be at top form when the Euros come around in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Didier Deschamps picks up the phone or you know tries to you know calls Chelsea says I need to speak to Thomas Tuchel and he pleads with Tuchel let Giroud have some playing time he needs this. It's been tough for Giroud to get playing time of late with Chelsea, and, but uh, you know we'll just we'll just have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I mean, things can change. Injuries happen at training, you know, to say nothing of uh, those last I want to say three regular season games that that Chelsea has in the EPL. So um, you know things can change in a few weeks. Definitely was, and in the final thoughts on this game, I honestly believe Chelsea. I think Chelsea is going to find a way. I mean, Manchester City has everything, you know, from the chemistry, the winning mentality, the talent, the passion, the resiliency. But Chelsea's just something. I mean, nobody expected Chelsea to make it this far, and they eliminate Real Madrid. You know, the thirteen-time champs, and they not only eliminate them, but they destroyed them on the field. Like, Angulo Conte just... I mean, it, it was a little bit of reminiscent from that game between France and Brazil in 2006 when Zidane obliterated the entire Brazilian squad, but Angulo Conte just came and... It's just unbelievable. I was like, this dude is just... I've never seen Conte this this good. I mean, Conte's in his prime, and, and he's doing good right now. Like, just wait till he, what he does in the Euro. With all that motivation and how he is as a person, how focused he is... Angelo Conte, this this could be the best year of his life. I wouldn't rule Chelsea out in the final. I mean, look, in the end, yes, Man City will win the EPL. I mean, that's it. The, the math is just, uh, it's not in favor of, of Man United. So City will definitely win the EPL. But in a one-off match, I mean, Chelsea showed over the weekend that uh, Man City can be had. And Chelsea has players, I mean, as great a lineup as Man City has, and it is a formidable lineup, you know, Chelsea can match up with them. Definitely. It's going to be an interesting final. And, um, you know, here's an early prediction. I don't, I don't think the game is going to be decided in 90 minutes. My hope is that this all-English final will be a better quality game than the, the two previous all-English finals, the, the Chelsea versus Man U one that ended up uh, playing the downpour uh, with the penalties. Uh, a lot of people remember that with uh, John Terry's slip as he was trying to do his penalty. Manu winning that game, and then uh, a couple years ago in Madrid, Liverpool playing Tottenham, and uh, although I was very happy with the result of the game that Liverpool won, it was really a very, very mediocre final, to say the least. So I'm hoping that at least this will be a much better better final than, than Liverpool versus Tottenham in 2019. Certainly got the potential, but anyway, we got to talk a little about the Europa League because you know it's just amazing that Manchester United is in a final and and they really have a good chance of you know of bringing home another title. I should say to finally bring home some hardware because they haven't brought any hardware homes in four years. 
Yeah, they and and one of those trophies they won four years ago was uh, the Europa League. Um, but uh, it'll be an interesting final. Uh, Man U versus Villarreal. Villarreal was able to to stifle Arsenal in the return leg, and um, you know Umari was able to get a certain level of revenge against his former employer uh, by winning that game. So uh, I, I think Villarreal and and Man U uh, these are two teams that like to go forward. I think uh, and this final will be played in Gdansk, Poland. So. I think that it has potential to be a very, very interesting final. And, of course, you know, the, the cachet with this is you win the Europa League, it's uh, it's a ticket to the Champions League. So, um, although Man, Man U is in a pretty good spot in second, uh, nobody's going to catch them. They're not going to get knocked out of the, the Champions League spots. I think they'll hang on to that number two spot, which means automatic group play. But it should be a good final. It should, and, and I'm really confident Manu is going to get it done. You know, you know, and they do is you know everybody's going to have to they're going to have no choice but to but to uh, applaud Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, I think that uh, you know he's been much maligned. Um, I mean, a lot of people will still go back to the fact that. Man U ended up falling to the Europa Cup because th- their form was, quite frankly, pretty poor in the Champions League. But uh, but the fact that they could still still win this competition, I think, would certainly be a, a good thing moving on to the 21-22 season for Man U. Yeah, definitely. And at the end of the day, I can say, well, Man U got knocked out of the Champions League in, in a humiliating way. But the heavyweight team that knocked him out didn't win anything, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So now we got to talk a little bit about about the Euro 2020. I, I might as well just call it Euro 2020 because it sounds cooler than Euro 2021. But, but the Euro starts next month, and ironically, it starts on the same day that I am set to cover another independent wrestling show. I mean, the show's in the evening, so I'm sure I'll be able to catch the game. I'll just be busy that day. But, yeah, and as far as France goes, you know, I'm always nervous when it comes to France because you just never know which French team's going to show up. Is it the arrogant, distracted, unprepared one? Or is it the motivated, focused, and full, you know, full-flex strength one? Because the first games, you know, the first three World Cup qualifying games that France played were just absolutely embarrassing. That 1-1 tie against Ukraine and then beating you know Kazakhstan 2 nothing on the road when it should have been 5 nothing and Mbappe you know getting denied on that penalty I mean that cuz uh, that goalkeeper from Kazakhstan just really made at least four miraculous saves and then there was that one nothing win against uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina on the road but you know I told myself France is not ready is not ready for anything going you know from there but I'm just not sure what's been going on lately I mean so the French players as far as I know Conte, Pogba has been doing exceptionally well. Mbappe is still doing good, but it's just it's just it's sad how his Champions League campaign this year had to end. But I mean, everybody's saying France is going to be fine, but you know, I'm just like you know the the like I said, France is just so unpredictable. You don't know which French team is going to show up. The talent's there for France. Uh, Portugal, that's a team that 
you know, certainly they they have the players that can do this. This would probably be Cristiano Ronaldo's last go round. Um, although who knows? I mean, he may be around for the World Cup next year. I mean, but uh, but with the players that Portugal has and how well they're playing, uh, like Jota with Liverpool, uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes with Man U, who I think is Man U's most fa- most valuable player. Uh, don't count England out. England at this point is just loaded with young talent and. Um, and, the, and they're getting confidence. Um, ben Bowden of, of Man City, uh, he's one of the best young players in the world right now at this point. Um, so don't rule England out in these Euros. So, see, I always say France and England are exactly alike. The talent is always there. But when it comes to the two national teams, it's always been the mentality and, and the lack of a wi- of a winning, you know, the lack of winning mentality and and the chemistry just not coming through. That's that's always been the the, the two national teams. Although, I mean, France France had had enough in them to to to, uh, to hoist the title in 2018, and especially in that brilliant semifinal game against Belgium. And I'm gonna be honest, th- those six minutes of stoppage time. Definitely one of the longest and most stress- stressful six minutes of my life. But as far as France well, goes, but I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you mentioned Belgium. This is Belgium. I think this is kind of their last shot for this this group of players, uh, Lukaku, De Bruyne. I think this is kind of their last shot to, to get uh, finally a major trophy. Um you know, this is a team that, you know, nobody's really going to want to play them either. So, um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's really sad for Belgium because they do not have the football federations that England, France, and Germany and Portugal have. Because for Belgium, you don't. I mean, as far as I know, there's there are no like younger players to be talked about. I mean, there might be. I just I just haven't heard any. I mean, it's not like. No, you mentioned uh, Phil Foden for England. You know the next guy who's you know now that's Mbappe, Erling Haaland, and and Phil Foden as, as the the next generation of the bright stars. But that that but the what I'm saying is you know for Belgium, you know you don't know like you know it, it could be ten years until their their next golden generation you know shows up. And you're right, this is the current Belgian golden generation. This this is I think this is their final shot. I mean. Lukaku, Hazard, and De Bruyne will probably be at the next World Cup. I mean, if provided Belgium qualifies, which I think they will. But, but you're right. I mean, this Euro, if they can't produce anything through, then I, I think I think the window is officially closed. Yeah, I I think so. But uh, it's it's still a pretty formidable team, and you know the Belgians have had a pretty good run the last few years. Mm-hmm, they have, and. I mean that game, France and Belgium. Uh, I mean, actually, you, you remember that game uh, well, don't you? Sure. I mean that sure, French but... defense, how it, it was able to survive all the that that tough Belgian attack. I mean, Belgium was just you know penetrating. I mean, France was doing what I like to call like they were literally getting in the Belgium's head. Like they were stopping these attacks before Belgium even thought of starting them. I mean, France was just playing heavy defense. Like really, they were just trying to frustrate the Belgians and like kind of like 
get into their heads so deep that, you know, they could score an easy goal. I mean, France threatened all the time, but, you know, Thibaut Courtois, being the, the guy he is, you know, making all those saves and, you know, Hugo Lloris kind of saying, hey, you know what, I can make saves too. I mean, that's what I remember mostly about the game. Aside from the head, from the deep defenses and the Iron Rock solid defensive performance, I just think that it was Hugo Lloris and Thibaut Courtois that kind of put out the show. I mean, these guys were making save after save after save. Like, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Hugo Lloris, I, I, I would jokingly say to my dad, I think Hugo, Hugo Lloris is trying to remind French people, Barthez is not the only goal, the only good goalkeeper we've ever had. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. But uh, but now it'll be fu- it'll be fun to you know move away from the club game for a little bit and get back to to watching the national sides in Europe uh, to see how they do. Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly confident France is going to pull through, but you know, but Deschamps is really going to have to uh, make some changes as, as far as the formation goes. You know, but I know Deschamps. I mean, the way Deschamps is, he's been in the game for so long. You know, his list of accomplishments, excuse me, he knows that, you know, he's got to make the necessary changes because if you use the same formations, I mean, these other teams, they know all about it. Like, they're going to be all over you. So, so I really believe Deschamps is really going to have the team ready. I I believe it's going to – I'm not sure exactly when the squad is going to be named. I, I mean, I can tell you firsthand, okay, I, okay, I guess we, we can already say Benzema won't be part of it, but – we don't have to get deep into that, but uh, I, I don't think I don't think Martial is going to be part of the is going to be on the squad. I, I, he's been hurt. I, I haven't heard of, heard from him in a long time. I don't I don't think Martial has played enough significant minutes and showed enough form with Man U to to get a spot in the whether the twenty three players that Deschamps will be able to take to the Euros. I just I just don't think there's a spot for him. I think there's too much other young attacking talent in France right now that could easily take his place. Yeah. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that, but uh, but going from France's group, I, th- I think France and Portugal's it's going to be the it's going to be a battle between them because you know speaking of the German national team, I mean I'm I'm not kidding when I say this. Like it, it is really tragic to see what they've sunk to because for the longest time Germany's just always been that damn good. I mean. When it comes to the German national team, going back to the days of West Germany, like they've always had talent, but it's not the talent that's been on the front of our minds. It's been that that chemistry and that winning mentality that they've always had, and that resiliency. And a few years ago, it all went away, especially that game against South Korea. Like I've said the story, when I was watching that game, I was doing what I like to call a psychological evalu- examination. I was examining the way the players were reacting. And the Germans were getting frustrated and frustrated while the Koreans were calm and patient. That's why South Korea, you know, when they scored those two goals in, in injury time, South Korea basically waited till the Germans were like, I give up, like that, like that. And they just like Germany finishing at the bottom of the group. I mean, that's just, you don't see that when it, when it, when it comes to Die Mannschaft, I hope I'm saying that right. Them finishing in the bottom of the group in, in the World Cup, that's never been done before. Well, and and two with these Euros, I mean, there's really nobody that's talking about Germany being one of the favorites, which is really rather incredible when when you think about it. You know, for a country that has the pedigree of Germany in both the Euros and also the World Cup, um, you know, they're just uh, they've they've fallen a long, long way since their World Cup win in 2014. I'm not, you know, 
I've been asked because you know a lot of a lot of these loyal su- supporters, which I'm so grateful for. You know, some of them who are my friends have asked me like, "Is it because the current play, the current generation from 2014 is just not good anymore?" I'm like, "Well, I mean, guys like Thomas Mueller, um, the other the other guy, I forgot his name, the de- the defender that was good. Uh, he had he scored several goals in 2014. Um, Hummels, that's it. Yeah, Hummels, who plays for uh, I think he plays for Dortmund." Those guys are still good. I mean, I can't say this because I mean they've definitely aged. I mean they're in their thirties now, but it's just I you know Germany just doesn't play this. Their style and their atmosphere of playing is not like France. But you know, as far as Germany goes, I mean, there's there has not been talks about young players. I mean, there's Timo Werner, but aside from him, I've I have not I've not been hearing any new names lately. And Werner's been around for a few years, but aside from him, as far as the a young and bright generation. There's been really no talk of one. No, and you look at you look at England, you look at France, you look at Portugal, and the thing that really, really leaps out at you is you know all this good young talent that they have. Uh, they've been able to reload, whereas um, you know Germany, unfortunately, in the last seven years, it's just uh, for their national team, they've just become stagnant. Like I said, it's tough because you know Germany's always been good. Like especially in the eighties, although they they managed, you know, they couldn't win the title. You know, they they went to the final in eighty two and eighty six, only to come up short. But and then they would finally win it in nineteen ninety. And then see a, a a good friend of mine who used to work in my dad's restaurant, who's a who's a strong supporter of the German national team. Like he would label their nineties run as as mediocre because they would be knocked down in the quarterfinals, especially in ninety eight when when Croatia just came and. Literally beat mm-hmm. the, beat the piss out of them, which was amazing. I remember that game was very well too, but you know, and and, and we still have the conversation. You know, he, he says you know it is what it is, but you know he says the first thing when it, the the first step to rebuilding the German national team is to get rid of um, is to get rid of the manager. To get rid of Low, yeah, yeah, and, and this and this will be his last big tournament. I mean, that's that's all that's already said and done yeah so yeah. he already uh, announced he's resigning once once the tournament ends and I, I think he's at the he's at the point of no return i mean him going back on his own word even if, if germany lost all three games he decides to stay i mean i really don't think the federation would even let it happen anyway i mean and as far as you know and we were trying to come up with some names you know who who could take over it's like well the guy the the guy who last coached uh bayern munich uh i think his first uh, what's his name again the their coach who's who's going to resign here once the once the Bundesliga season is over. Yeah, for Bayern Munich. Yeah, I've drawn a total blank, but there's been rumor about him taking over as the national team coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he could be a worthy candidate. I mean, believe it or not, Steve, even Jurgen Klopp's name has been on the radar, but I really doubt that Jurgen Klopp's going to leave Liverpool. You know, he's got to because Klopp's yeah, Klopp's not leaving Liverpool. No, I mean, you know, he's happy there, you know, and, you know, he's got a duty to rebuild the team, you know, and, and, and I just feel like, you know, Jurgen Klopp, you know, how br- the, his brilliance, I think his brilliance, you know, is so good with Liverpool. I, I think, you know, he's better off staying at Liverpool. It would be a mistake on his part to leave Liverpool, but, but Jurgen Klopp's a smart guy. I, I really, I, I'm pretty sure he told the Federation, look, guys, I appreciate, I appreciate that you guys are thinking about me, but I think I'm going to stay at Anfield. Yeah, he's, 
he's not going he's not going anywhere. I think I think for sure Klopp will be around at least for the twenty one twenty two season for Liverpool. So we talked about some of the heavy favorites. We got to talk about some teams that could be the dark horse. I don't think Spain. I mean Spain. You know, you never know when they could come up, but Spain's just they just haven't been the same since two thousand since that horrible two thousand fourteen of their defense of the title. So, I mean Ram, Ramos is you know he's he's thirty five now. I mean Ramos is you know not in his prime anymore. I mean I don't think as uh, Andreas Iniesta. I don't even think he even plays for the national team. So, as far I as mean, pretty much all those mainstays for that really golden period of Spanish soccer, where they won uh, two Euros and a World Cup. Um, it was such a formidable team, but you know that's that's kind of ancient history now. But um, you know, but Spain, you know they. They certainly could be considered a, a dark horse. Definitely good, and um, oh well, you know I'm not, I don't know if I've told you, but I am gonna be I'm I'm gonna be rooting for Scotland because you know this is their first Euro since 1996. Been a while, been a while, and they're in the same group as England, which may, always makes things a little more interesting to to be matched up internationally with the old enemy. Um, and so many of Scotland's players pl- ply their trade in the EPL. So uh, um, they know a lot of these English guys pretty darn well from uh, from their play in the EPL. And uh, anytime Scotland plays England, um, it's just it's always a grudge match. I mean, just imagine, this is merely a teaser, but just imagine if Scotland was responsible for the elimination of England. That would, I mean, that would be a story for me, but I mean, but you never know. I mean, I mean nobody nobody saw Iceland beating England a few years ago. I mean, but, but another one, you know, Italy. I think, see, as far as Italy goes, Italy's been in a rebuild mode, and they've actually been doing pretty good, especially, you know, they did well in the Euro qualifiers. And uh, like that, and you know, Italy after they failed to qualify a few years ago, I mean, it was it was devastating for the team because you know Italy is one of the best you know national teams you know ever. So Italy could be a dark horse. I mean, I, I certainly I, I can see Italy making it as far as the quarterfinals. I mean, they could pull off the the surprise of surprises and, and win the title, but but I think Italy is another is another national team to look out for. I think it's a team that certainly, you know, they've they've had their glory years, but um, but I think I think Italy seems to be making steps um, when you look at some of the results that they've had the last couple of years. I think there is some hope uh, that Italy can be considered up there with the big boy favorites at the the major tournaments, whether it's the Euros or the World Cup. Totally. So so who. Who do you think? Uh, are you still sticking with uh, Belgium winning the tra- title? Wow, um, I'm I'm still going to go with Belgium, but for right now, the the other team that I think that that could win it seriously right now is is England. Uh, the only Achilles heel that England has right now is that, you know, unlike in past years, 
England does not have a truly great goaltender. Um, you know, they've, they've had just a whole parade of different goalies over the last few years. You know, and there's nobody that really leaps out at you as being a real world beater. I mean, certainly nobody that was that is in the class of like a Shilton or Clements uh, who were great goaltenders for England back in the 80s. Um, that's really, I think, probably their only Achilles heel is lack of a really great goaltender um, as opposed to, uh, you know, France and Belgium who do have very, very good goaltenders. Definitely. A friend of mine, you know, he's still sticking. He still believes France is going to, they're going to repeat what they did about 20 years ago. And, you know, and after, you know, and now he's more convinced than ever. He believes that Angelo Conte is going to be France's best player in, in this tournament. I mean, Conte recently just turned 30, but he believes like, you know, when you're at that point for some players, especially like Conte, you know, you're at the point where you're more mature than ever. You're more driven. Like you're, you've pushed yourself so far. Like, like you just want to keep going. Like you don't care how old you are. You don't care what you've done in the past. Like you just you're just worrying about the future and like I mean, it's possible. I mean, Conte Conte can step on the on the pitch and literally do what Zinedine Zidane used to do. I mean, it could happen, but you know, with all that talent around him, I'm sure that Conte with that mentality, he can certainly lead by example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, France certainly has the potential to win it. It's just the problem is it's not the talent. It's just will they be ready to go? Like will Deschamps literally will, will Deschamps have like the team set up correctly? Will the players be focused and motivated? And which I hope they are. I mean they gotta understand they're the world champions. Like you know playing poorly is just unacceptable. Well, and I mean let's not forget too. I mean Deschamps being in charge, he's gotten France to one Euro final, and. You know, he's won a World Cup. So he does have a proven track record as far as, you know, motivating and, you know, putting his best 11 out there. So, um, you know, again, it comes down to the bugaboo of, you know, can can the team play together? Um, you know, can they avoid major ego problems? Absolutely. And- I'm sure France is going to be fine, but, you know, we'll see. And the last thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid because, you know, right now I look at it, I'm just not really convinced. The, I mean, I, I just get the feeling that the future all of a sudden is not so bright. It's now gotten cloudy, especially for Real Madrid. Well, I mean, even with all of Real Madrid's problems, they still have a very good shot at winning La Liga, um, you know, and they made a deep run e- even as, as horribly as they played. I mean, when you remember that they just barely made it out of qualifying to get to the round of 16, and they were still able to, to make it to the semifinals, I mean, I don't think it's been that horrible of a year. Um, but... Uh, you know, PSG, they've signed Neymar to the extension, so the the big question will be, will Mbappe stay or will he go? And if he goes, where will he go? Um, and PSG is also, they're in a bit of a dogfight. They're uh, with, as I recall, I think it's two matches left in French League 1, 
and Lille, the the dogs have a two point lead. Uh, so if Lille can get a minimum of four points in those last two games, Lille will win their first league on title in ten years. So um, you know PSG will certainly have have its hands full to to try to retain their title. Yeah, I mean, as far as Mbappe goes, Mbappe didn't even actually play in the in the, in the last uh, league on clash. Uh, I mean, it didn't it didn't go so well for the Parisiens. You know, um, I think it was a, it was a draw, but. I really, I mean, now more than ever, I really believe that that Mbappe could actually finally be on his way up because this was not like a full, like a report that kind of went viral, but it was rumored that he that he turned down he he turned down an extension. I mean, if it, if if it's true, then I I think he's finally on his way out. I mean, I, I if I'm correct, I, I think it's I think I believe his dad is his agent. If I'm correct, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure at this point. You know, when when your son is is that talented, you know he's playing his best, and and the team surrounding him can't give him you know enough support, and 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 you know that you know Mbappe needs to go to a place you know to take it to the next level. So I th- I think at this point, because Mbappe is is not the player he was when he was eighteen. I mean he's only he's only gotten better. I mean sometimes he does have a little bit of problem with with the behavior. I mean sometimes he 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 does get arrogant. I'll I'll admit it, and sometimes he does have a habit of diving. Which you know that's something like you really got to cut out because when a boppy needs to understand if you have a habit of diving, like your rep- your reputation's damaged. Like you know you should know that from Neymar. I mean Neymar has a habit of kind of exaggerating on dives, but but as far as Mbappe goes, I mean I'm I'm sure you know the, the, of course all the big clubs are in talks, but obviously Real Madrid's got to be in the mix because you know like I said Real Madrid's got the cash. I mean Real Madrid can go after anybody they want. Liverpool's still in the talk, but um, and, and you've said this before, but you know, based on the state on how Liverpool is and the fact that there's a chance they may not qualify for the Champions League, you know, Mbappe's probably not gonna want to go there. But that's definitely true. But but then he would think, well, they need they need they need a guy, they need somebody young and you know a playmaker. So if I go to Liverpool and I, and I help bring them back, you know, to that top form, then it'll be fine. So so that's why Liverpool is still a big destination. You know, and believe it or not, I swear, uh, Manchester City even reportedly had interest, but Pep Guardiola, from that same rumor, Pep Guardiola, you know, admitted, Mbappe is a great player, and you know, he, he, I'm a big fan, but we're not, you know, we're not after him because you know, honestly, Manchester City really doesn't need him. I mean, they got a, you know, they got Phil, you know, Foden, and they got you know the Algerian uh, Riyad Mahrez, who, by the way, was actually on the same team as Angelo Conte at Leicester City. He was part of that. He was part of that team that won the EPL for Leicester City five years ago. Um, and Mares uh, in the semifinals. Mares, I think, was the MVP for for City. He's just been absolutely lights out. He definitely has. So, I mean, I can't give the best answers. I mean, right now, all I know is that apparently Liverpool and. Real Madrid, who have been linked with Mbappe for a long time now, are still the main targets. But first, you know, before we go too deep anyway, it has to be confirmed, like 100% confirmed, that Mbappe himself has an- announces that he's not coming back to PSG. Because right now, nothing's been confirmed, so it's merely rumors. And and, and rumors are like, in, in journalism terms, it's, it's what I like to call, you know, it leads to a dead end. So really, at the end of the day, anything I say 
while it might be true, I mean, the fact that it's unconfirmed, you know, it's merely a theory, and and we really can't we really can't go on theories, really, because theories can only take us so far. But but the final thing uh, question, this is actually pertaining to Manchester United, because apparently the Glazers of all, I, I believe they there was there was a story that they. They're now finally assuring the main new fans that they're going to change their ways. They're actually going to make things right. So I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Like, do you believe it's true, or is it just some kind of, or is it just some kind of stunt? My blunt, my blunt assessment is, I think it's, I think it's uh, lip service. I don't think the Glazers are serious about it. If the Glazers were serious about getting input or reaching out to the fan groups, they would have done it a long time ago. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe the fans storming the pitch and preventing the game from going down with Liverpool. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe that'll give them a, a moment of pause to reflect. My gut feeling, nah. You know, and you're absolutely. Right. You know, and here's the deal: if if the Glazers want to make it right, well, here's here's what you do: just sell the team, go away. There you go. That's what the, if you want to make things right by giving in the, by giving the fans what they want, sell the team. That's what the fans want. They want you gone, so go away. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know it sounds like I know I, it's it's like it's an a hole thing to say, but you know th- that's how it is with sports. Like if an owner who if if these guys in charge have been around for so long, and they they've been notorious for so long for not really giving a damn about the team, the well being, and the fanship or whatever. I mean, what makes you think that now all of a sudden, after after you've been doing this for like 15 years, what makes you think that fans are going to trust you now, you know? I mean, they're not, so best thing to do is just go away. Well, I mean, let's face it. Um, it these are people who, they're wealthy, they're powerful. They're used to pretty much doing things their way, and... Um, you know what was the one quotation? Uh, the lion doesn't care about the thoughts of sheep. Well, that's really sort of how a lot of these very very wealthy owners are, as far as with John Q. Public. You know who uh, work hard to uh, pay the tickets to go to the games or to pay the cable packages to be able to watch their favorite teams on on TV and stuff. You know, people like the Glazers, they don't care. They really, they really, really don't care about their fan base. So, uh, I would be very shocked to see if there, if there's going to be any type of meeting or powwow between the Glazers and any fan group with Man United. I just, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it. Yeah, I mean, I honestly believe it's like you said, it's just you know a bit of lip service. It's just a stunt. I mean. Like the Glazers really doing that, really going to do what they think they say they're going to do. It's it's almost like Jerry Jones announcing he's going to resign as GM, which is not going to happen. I mean, it's it's just uh, it's just saying like they're just trying to you know, I don't know. I mean, I I I, I guess what I'm saying is I just don't buy it. Yeah. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, it's always an honor to have you on the show, and really, I cannot wait to have you back on. Look forward to talking to you next time, Alex. Everybody have a good rest of your week. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.